Today on First Round KO, I have a special guest with me. Hopefully, if we can get this uh, call working, we're going to talk about all the MVP or all the NBA awards that happened last night. Um, I might talk a little bit about Magic Johnson and Argentina. Um, and then also, um, I have a little bit on Aaron Rodgers, but that's coming up. Get ready to shock the system. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, hopefully, I'm going to do this intro and then it's probably not going to work, watch. All right, so I am joined today by the current star of the Hatchet football team, future college football player, hopefully future NFL wide receiver or D-back, whatever he is, the Loki to my Thor, the Sam to my Dean, the Eli to my Peyton, the Marc Gasol to my Pau Gasol, the Tiki to my Rondé Barber, ladies and gentlemen, my little brother, Cameron Olson. What is going on? I, I can't hear him. I really hope that... Are you kidding me? Oh, man. That's really upsetting. Oh, man, that was a good intro, too. Yeah, I really just can't hear. I don't know if I need to. Is everything's up here. Ah, oh. go ahead and talk. Go on without me. Yeah, because I can't. I just unplugged you. Now I can hear you. Yeah, sorry, Cam. Yeah, alright. Well, that's okay because coming. Uh, I'll be going on a family vacation June. I think whatever the Monday is, June sixteenth. I'll be in. I'll be in the Dells with Cam. We're going to record a special podcast while I'm there, so no live show that day, but Cam will be on that day. Tried to get him on today. Hopefully, I'll figure out the Skype call eventually. Um, thanks for the shot, Cam. Yeah, see ya. See ya. All right. I wasted that. Really, I, that was, I thought that was a good intro. I wasted it. <laughs> we'll use it next time. Um, so welcome, everyone, to First Round KO. I guess it's going to be just me today. Um, sorry, I, a little teaser, I guess, a little false advertisement. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so yeah, today we're going to start off, I closed my laptop. Um, we're going to start off talking about, um, all the MVP or all the NBA awards, starting with the MVP. So, um, yesterday, Tuesday night, we, uh, the MVP, jeez, I keep saying MVP, the NBA awards took place which I don't, I don't understand why they're so far after the season. Um, it's weird because the NFL, the NFL does them during the playoffs before the Super Bowl, and they, so that's when they announce their MVP, their, yeah, their MVP and all that stuff. But the NBA did it almost a month after their finals. It's, that's just strange to me. So um, I'm going to go through all the major categories, um, talk about who won, runners-up, if I think people got it right, blah, blah, blah. We're going to go into a, a couple of the plays of the year, too, because one of my, uh, two of my favorite players won most of them. Um, so we'll get into that. Um, so, yeah, we start with the uh, Kia NBA Most Valuable Player. I love that that's sponsored by Kia. <laughs> 
you got to make money any way you can, right? So the most valuable player for the 2017-2018 season was Houston Rockets shooting guard James Harden. Um, I Okay, I'll, I'll start off by saying this. I think James Harden does deserve this, this award. James Harden is a very deserving person. He, he, he worked hard. You know, he was sixth man on his team in OKC. He, he wanted his own team to prove that he could do he, to prove that he could do this by himself, to prove that he could be the number one dude. And he uh, absolutely <laughs> dang, that's, I just read your text, Kate, thanks. Um, he, he absolutely can do this by himself, not by himself, necessarily, but he can absolutely be the number one dude on a team. Um, so, so James Harden, he definitely deserves, I think he deserved this award more last year, more than Russell Westbrook. That's another, that's a whole another topic. But this year, I will say that James Harden deserved it, but you can't, by the law of the MVP, it should be the same person every year. It should be every year. It should be LeBron James because he is the most valuable player on any team. He makes any team that he is on better. He makes them a championship caliber team. I mean, it's it, it just goes to show this Cavaliers team this year. They were they were barely play, they were the Looney Tunes. He he basically got his Space Jam sequel this year. He barely LeBron James makes every team he's on better. So LeBron James deserves the MVP every year it it should not be a debate James Harden yes James Harden was very valuable to his team I could I could make the argument I and I will make the argument that Chris Paul was more valuable to that Rockets team than James Harden was but like I said James Harden he's a hard worker he wanted to prove that he can be a number one dude and he and he did he proved it and he's a very talented player he's a very good dude but he does he's he is not the the most valuable player in the NBA. There's only one of those. And it's every year for the past 15 years, it was LeBron James. And yes, I know it's not glamorous and it's not the most sexy thing to give the same dude the award every year. Obviously, because we've been giving, we've, we've been given Golden State versus Cleveland for the past four years and everyone hates it. I understand that. But if we want to stay true, this, this award has become nothing it's become silly because now we're giving it instead of giving it to the guy who actually deserves it and at who's actually the mvp we just disregard him because oh yeah we know he's gonna be good like we we just know that he's we know that he's super valuable but we we want to start looking at these other options too no he is the most valuable and just because this other dude was pretty good for his team it, that doesn't mean that he's the most valuable. Yeah, he scores a lot of points. But even even if you want to say that, ah, I got stats on this. Hold on. Even if you want to say that James Harden has the stats and everything on LeBron, then you're wrong. Because I there's this interesting photo. I believe it's from ESPN. Um, and, yeah, it shows the stat comparison between LeBron and James Harden. So get this. Games played, LeBron 82, James Harden 72. Points, LeBron has uh, about 100, eh, yeah, about 60 more points 
So we'll say that. He still still beat him in points. And people will say, oh, that's because he played 10 more games. But his field goal percentage was better than James Harden. So that means LeBron scored more points while taking less shots. So just keep that in mind. His, his three-point percentage, LeBron James, who has not been known for his three-point shot, and James Harden, who is known as a shooter, he is a shooting guard, they had the same three-point percentage at 37%. The same three-point percentage. LeBron out-rebounded James Harden by almost 400. Um, he out-assisted James Harden by 117. And then we get... Oh, <laughs> And that should be enough right there. Those stats. That should be enough. Those head-to-head numbers, uh, James and James, LeBron and James Harden. That should be enough. But then we get into the double-doubles and triple-doubles for this season, for the 2017-18 season. James Harden had 31 double-doubles and four triple-doubles, which those are those are impressive numbers. I'd say those are MVP caliber, caliber numbers, obviously, because he won. But 31 and 4 pales in comparison to LeBron James with 52 double doubles and 18 triple doubles. 18 compared to 4. 52 compared to 31. 82 compared to 17. The, the 54 compared to 45. A dude that's known for shooting got outshot by a dude in his 15th season who never really had a shot. The numbers, the numbers don't lie. LeBron James, even this year, even disregarding everything, it's not glamorous to give it to him every year. It's not, you know, James Harden deserves it. He had a better team. It doesn't matter. The numbers don't lie. LeBron James was the better player this year, is the most valuable to his player every year, is the most valuable to his team every year. And and for some reason, LeBron only got 15 first place votes. Only 15, for, only 15 out of 101 people thought that LeBron was the most valuable player. The other 86 all voted for James Harden. Anthony Davis didn't get a single vote, which, by the way, Pelicans are not good. We talk about bad teams, and then we have this dude on the New Orleans Pelicans who we never talk about. We talk about Davis, but Anthony Davis is on this team that's just not good and is never looked at, but they won a playoff series. This dude brought his bad team from the West, the stacked West, brought his bad team with an injured Boogie Cousins to the playoffs, and then won a playoff series against shooters. This dude is is going against the grain. The NBA is going into a shooter's game, but this big dude Anthony Davis, he's showing them that you can still put, that you can still win a big ball. And he didn't get a single vote. Damian Lillard didn't get a single vote. Portland would be nothing without Damian Lillard. Russell Westbrook shouldn't have got it last year, so I'm not going to talk about him. Giannis um, didn't deserve a vote this year, but he's I think he's going to be getting a lot of consideration for years to come. Giannis is a special player, and now with this new coach, I think uh, this this new coach is really going to help Giannis and um, help him progress. He, he's been progressing every year, but now he, now it's really going to go. 
but all these players, I, I love seeing Kevin Durant under Giannis. That's nice. All these players, very important to their teams. But none are more important than LeBron James. It's it's as simple as that. Enough about MVP. I'm gonna. I could go on all day about this, but like I said, James Harden deserves it. He's a hard worker, but you can't you can't sit here and tell me that he that you can't sit here and actually argue with me that James Harden is a more valuable player than LeBron James. It because then you just don't watch NBA. If you try to make that argument, you just don't watch NBA. On to Rookie of the Year. Now, this Rookie of the Year campaign was great. I it, All season, this was a hot feud. It was really a feud. It was almost like a scripted WWE feud. These two were going at it all season. And really, honestly, I think the dude who had the better season didn't even win. It w- wasn't even in the race, really. Um, but that's a whole other story. These two dudes, Ben Simmons... Donovan Mitchell had such a good feud this year. It made this so entertaining. It made the NBA entertaining because you wanted to, these two dudes are trash talking each other and it made, it made you want to, it made you want to go watch, you know, Philadelphia and see what Ben Simmons can do because everyone, Oh, he's, he's LeBron James. He's LeBron James without a jump shot. This guy's got to be amazing to watch. And then this Donovan Mitchell dude who's coming out of nowhere, this dude out of Louisville who all of a sudden is taking this Utah team and making them fun to watch. I got to go watch the Utah Jazz now. The, and this, and and they just, they trash talked everyone. Donovan Mitchell was telling everyone that Ben Simmons wasn't a rookie because, okay, so Ben Simmons got drafted two years ago, but sat out his quote rookie year, his first year in the NBA. He did not play a game. And apparently he, when, when that happens, I just, I heard an interview with someone else, and I can't remember the name, <laughs> but he also set out his first year. And you don't practice with a team when you're kind of when you're out with an injury for an entire year. It's not like you practice and learn plays or anything like that. So I get Ben Simmons' argument against that. So Donovan Mitchell's argument for his for his rookie of the year campaign was that. Ben Simmons isn't actually a rookie. It's not his first year in the league, which it's not, but it's his first year playing. And Ben Simmons was saying, oh, that's your only argument? Your only argument is that I'm not a rookie? That's fine. I got this in the bag (laughs) because, A, I am a rookie, and, B, I'm just better than you, and obviously I I am better than you because you're trying to find loopholes to beat me. It was – it's – it was so fantastic. And Donovan Mitchell, I don't even think – it's hard to say because it was their rookie year. But I think Donovan Mitchell's better than Ben Simmons. It, he was. He was this year. I think Donovan Mitchell was better than Ben Simmons this year because Ben Simmons played on a more talented team. He had Joel – obviously Joel Embiid was not there all season. Joel Embiid was very was hurt for a lot of the season. But he still had J.J. Redick. He still had Robert Covington. They still – and uh, – Sarek on Philly. I, I Ben had he had a more talented roster in Philadelphia. But Donovan Mitchell, I, I I'm trying to I'm sitting here and I can name two three 
three other, two other people on the Jazz. Three other people on the Jazz. I can name, <laughs> this is, I watch the NBA. I follow the NBA. And I play 2K, I know rosters. And I, I can only name three other, I can name Rudy Gobert. Um, they had Ricky Rubio and they had Joel Inglis. That's, that's about it. That's all I can think of. This Donovan Mitchell dude made, and they, he brought, again, he brought Utah to the playoffs. This, this dude brought his team to the playoffs in the stacked West. I think Donovan Mitchell had a better rookie year. I really do. So I, like, a lot of these people probably looked at Ben Simmons and said, he's a better player overall and he's got more potential. So we'll give it to him. But if you look at, if you just look at it as this year, what happened this year, I really do think Donovan Mitchell had a better season. And he only got, he only got 11 of the first place votes. Ben Simmons got 90. And then no one else. Tatum didn't get any. I think Tatum had a fantastic year. I think Jason Tatum's going to be a star. And I think while he didn't have a, fantastic regular season towards the end of the regular season he started stepping up again in boston but it it was really in the playoffs where he made that push and you're not supposed to count playoffs for these um voting for these you know awards so i i get that kyle kuzma again gonna be great dennis smith jr took over dallas no one thought he was gonna do anything and all of a sudden he's just making plays left and right these are all this is a fantastic rookie class and I they're all going to be I think they're all going to be stars at some point but if you look at it just at as this season Donovan Mitchell was a better player than Ben Simmons this season I I really think that he should have won rookie of the year but again we're not looking at it as apparently apparently the voters don't look at it as who was the better player this year they think who is the I I don't know. They give it to who they think should win it, not who does deserve it. It's I don't know. These NBA awards are they're interesting. I it's I disagree with a lot of these. So <laughs> speaking of disagreeing with these, we go on to the Kia NBA sixth man. Um again, why are these all sponsored by Kia? That's weird um lou williams eric gordon and fred van vliet were the top three in that order lou williams won with 97 votes for first place eric gordon got three of those votes fred van vliet got one vote um for sixth man now this is interesting because i I thought lou lou williams should have been a starter and I think he realized halfway through the... I think the team, the Clippers, realized halfway through this season that he could be a starter too. And they just... And then he went to them and said, hey, I'm, I'm on pace for a sixth man. Just keep me, keep me off the bench. <laughs> I really think that. But Eric Gordon was such a key component to that Houston Rockets team. He, he, he would come off the bench and he would normally replace either Chris Paul or James Harden. Every game they would flip-flop. They would, you know use different dynamics based on their opponent. And Eric Gordon would come in, and he would basically replace either Chris Paul or James Harden. And that's not hard to do. They're MVP candidates. They're 
they're amazing future Hall of Famers. And Eric Gordon would come off the bench with fresh legs and create new, you know, or carry the first team mentality for Houston while the second team kind of can't, you know, he, they would keep, they would replace most everyone except for either Chris Paul or James Harden at a time. But Eric Gordon would come in and, re- and replace whoever's sitting on the bench. And the the dude's just, he's amazing. And he, I think he, he deserved it a lot more than, than Lou Williams. I think Lou Williams, first of all, should have been starting. But then we get into the whole, was he a rookie? Uh, and all that kind of fun stuff. <clears throat> but, I don't know. It's interesting. I really think... I, I guess I didn't watch as many Clipper games as I did Rocket games, so maybe that. But even then, I saw Fred, Fred Van Vliet, too. He was good off the bench. But then again, Toronto wasn't the, – the Raptors weren't a bench team. Like, even if you look at their bench numbers, they're not good. Like, the, the, the Raptors were carried by their starters, mostly DeRozan and – Lowry, so I I can see maybe Fred because he you know giving him a spark off the bench that's always the biggest thing. But um, <laughs> that's I'm looking at the the sixth man and they have the names and then the team that they're on. But I'm looking and it says Kyle Kuzma, Indiana. <laughs> Come on NBA, get your get your facts straight. This is yeah, it's an interesting list. I really Eric Gordon just he, he's just he ha, I think he made more of an impact off the bench than either team. Or than e- either Fred Van Vliet or Lou Williams. He just he he was a a star caliber player who probably could be starting on any other team. But because he's playing behind Chris Paul and James Harden, He's not starting. And he accepted that role day one, and he he accepted the role of coming in, replacing these star shooters, and just making it making it great. So it's Yeah, I don't know. I I really do think Eric Gordon, I, I'm disagreeing with every single one of these because these NBA awards are ridiculous. They need to stop. I don't know who's voting. On NBA awards and all, all of the, they're they're ridiculous. Heisman, the Heisman voters need to get out of there. Everyone, because it's just becoming like okay, cool. Russell, Russell won it last year. He had almost an identical stat line this year, and that was the whole reason he won it last year is because his stats were so good. So why didn't he win? He didn't even get consideration this year. I I don't get it. These and. And honestly, if you look back, I'm, I'm going to look up this. So if you look at uh, NBA MVPs by the year, so it's ever since ever since Derrick Rose won it. Sorry, it's, um, I'm pulling it up here. Ever since Derrick Rose won it in 2010, 2011, because LeBron won it the year. The two. If you look before that, you see names like Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, LeBron twice. You get players that actually 
were the MVPs of that year, of that season. They made their team that much better. And then you look, okay, you got Derrick Rose, and then he disappears. He gets hurt. And then you got LeBron two years again, so that's good. Should have gotten it. And then you get Kevin Durant, and he won it in Oklahoma City. And then he doesn't get consideration again because now he goes to Golden State. Curry wins it two years in a row, but now he doesn't get consideration either because we've seen it already. He, we know what he's going to do. Who cares if he's the best player? I think he deserves he deserves it more than Kevin Durant. I, apologize. I don't know if you guys can – there's construction going on in the, one of these rooms next to me. I hope you guys can't hear that. It's whatever. Um – I'll find it in post. Russell Westbrook, last year, won it and then disappeared in the playoffs. And similar stat line this year, no consideration. I really do think James Harden next year is not going to get a single ounce of consideration. Because, okay, he won it, cool. On to the next guy. We're just kind of knocking guys off the list. Instead of giving it to the people that deserve it the most, we're just kind of knocking guys off the list. Okay, Russell yeah, he's got a hard work worth at work ethic. He, you know, he's a good guy. He put up a good stat line this year. Let's give it to him this year, um, even though Harden deserves it. But now, but now next year, oh, Harden deserved it last year. But James was really good in Cleveland. You know what? He deserved it last year though, and he was still pretty good this year. Give it to James Harden. It's it's becoming a joke. It's becoming ridiculous because we all know who the best or the best player in the league is and it ain't James Harden so real quick we'll go to the Kia NBA defensive player of the year Um, Rudy Gobert won this out of Utah with 89 first place votes Joel Embiid got second place with two first round votes he had more points overall Um, Anthony Davis had five first place votes he ended up in third though Um, Paul George got a couple votes Al Horford got a vote and Draymond Green got a vote oh and Drew Holiday Got a vote too. Um, <laughs> I'd have to look at the stats on this one. I can I can agree with this one. I will say that Anthony. Actually, you know what? I'm really happy with this one. Thinking this over, because a lot of them could have went. You know what? Anthony Davis is the most talented, and he's the biggest star. So let's give it to him. But they didn't. I actually think I'm actually. They kind of went against my arguments on this one. They actually gave it to, you know, someone different. You don't you don't really think if you say a hard working defensive man, you don't really think Rudy Gobert. So I, I really like this pick. Um I'm sure his stats back him up. Every game that I watched, he was amazing. Um he's a very athletic, he's a very tall guy. He's one of the tallest guys in the NBA. But he he knows what he's doing defensively. He's not just one of those tall, lanky dudes that we see in the NBA now who don't know how to move <laughs> like it's he, he's a very good NBA player um so I, yeah I I actually really like this pit him and him and Donovan Mitchell made a lot of noise hit the, obviously Rudy Gobert on the defensive side of it and Donovan Mitchell kind of on both sides more of the offensive offensive side he's a shooting guard he's, he's got a very good shot too but they they made a lot of noise in Utah I I really think they and they took I think it was they took Houston a couple games in the playoffs, and yeah, it was it was a good run for Utah, and I think they're building something. 
um, with that pair, if they can keep Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell, obviously they they fit well together. Um, yeah, I I think Rudy Gobert was a really good pick. Like I said, they could have went with Joel Embiid, who's more of a bigger name. He's a bigger presence on social media, so that you know that's kind of better for the brand. But they didn't do that. They they didn't go with anything. Anthony Davis. They didn't go with Paul George. Um, I think Draymond. You can make a legitimate argument for it. I think he is one of I, I think he is one of the best defenders in the NBA. He he's just very he's very smart. He's got a very high basketball IQ, so he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to. He he's very annoying too. It it seems like it, it he's very annoying to play with. He knows how to aggravate you in the slightest to throw off your game, and then he's physically good defensively also. So it. It, it that makes for a good combination. So I, you could make an argument for Draymond Green. He only got one vote. He ended up in sixth place. But um, you know, I he gets overshadowed because he's in Golden State. I don't like him as a player. I <laughs> think he's very dirty. But you got to respect his game. Um, but yeah, Rudy Gobert, fantastic dude. I'm sure he had a lot of blocks this year. Uh, and uh, if if he can if he can polish up his offensive game. I think him and him and Donovan Mitchell, they'll have something special there. That's for sure. Um, so then we move on to the most improved player for the 2017-2018 season. And wouldn't you know it, I disagree with this one. Um, number one was Victor Oladipo in in uh, <clears throat> sorry in Indiana. Um, yeah, and number in second place was Clint Capella in Houston and then third place was Spencer Dinwiddie. They both got one point each for first place. Spencer Dinwiddie out of Brooklyn. Um he definitely improved a lot. You could see it in the skills challenge. He he was kind of a nothing player. He was he was really just a role player bouncing from team to team. And then all of a sudden he landed in Brooklyn where obviously there's not a lot of talent, so you're going to have guys who don't normally step up that that they have to step up. But th- this this Dinwiddie dude, he really he he really did step up. His game looked very polished. He looked he looked like you know he looked like an actual NBA player instead of just a role player. Um, but here's my thing with Victor Oladipo. You, obviously, he's a great player, and he does he he had a very good year. But I don't think that he is the most improved because I don't think he improved. I think just the change of scenery from Oklahoma City to Indiana was the difference. Playing with Russell Westbrook and not playing with Russell Westbrook is the key to this. I don't think Oladipo got better as a player. I think he's, he was just able to play or be more of the stuff. He was the number one dude. Ooh, excuse me. He was the number one dude in Indiana for the Pacers. So he was able to be the team. He was able to be the number one dude instead of playing behind Russell Westbrook, because if you look back at last season, there's a lot of plays he put up. He he made a lot of good plays. He had good stats, but his stats, your stats are hindered when your teammate is taking 50 shots a game. So I don't, Oladipo did not get better. Oladipo was this good. He was just playing in the shadow of Russell Westbrook. We see all of these dudes leave the Thunder and all of a sudden play good. You got Serge Ibaka, who's who's found his place in Toronto. You got obviously Kevin Durant, who's been more comfortable and been more of himself in Golden State. 
You got James Harden, who is now an MVP in um, Houston. He left. Obviously, he wanted to be his own dude, but I'm sure, you know, playing he was playing behind Russell Westbrook. Victor Oladipo, he he got sent there from Orlando, um, and now all of a sudden he's just yeah he what he's a good player, he and he showed that in Orlando, he showed flashes of it in Oklahoma City, and obviously he showed it this year in Indianapolis, but he's not the most improved because he was just that good last year, and he he played under Russell Westbrook who takes fifty shots a game who's padding his own stats, so and he's not worried about winning, so Oladipo did not get the minutes or the shots that he did in Indiana. That's the only reason. Clint Capella, on the other hand, stayed on the same team. They they gained a player in Chris Paul, but he actually he got bigger and stronger, and he worked on his actual game. He became a pick-and-roll dude. He worked on his screening, his rolling, to the basket, his finishing. Colin Capello was a fantastic finisher down low this year. And his rebounding and his defense. This dude is a center, but he's one of the most athletic dudes I've seen in the NBA because he's he's a a menace on the um on the defensive boards. He's a shot blocker, and all of a sudden he kind of got an offensive game too. And when you have Chris Paul and James Harden, you don't need an offensive game, but but when you have it and you can help with you know offensive rebounds or pick and rolls, that pick and roll situation between Capella and uh, Paul and Capella and Harden, it's dangerous. It's really dangerous, and not only because Chris Paul and James Harden are so good offensively, but because Clint Capella also now has an offensive game and he's smart enough and big enough to set good screens. Clint Capella actually improved himself as a player and didn't just change scenery so now it looks like he's a better player. I, I think they definitely missed this one. Oladipo was this good, has been this good. He just had a chance to show it this year. Clint Capella deserved this. He only got one vote out of the 101. I, Oladipo, I can, I can see why they gave it to Oladipo. Because, yes, it looks like he got better. But he was this good. Like I've been saying, he was this good in Oklahoma City. He just... He couldn't, he didn't have the same spotlight. He couldn't show it as much because people were focused on Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook was focused on Russell Westbrook. So Oladipo doesn't deserve this. Um, he is a good player and he deserves his, he deserves his all-star spot. He deserves any, you know, all pro teams that he makes. He is a good player. But Clint Capella was the most improved because he, actually went into the gym on the offseason, got bigger, got better as a basketball player, and got a sharper IQ. Um, and he, yeah, he absolutely deserved his most improved award. Okay, <laughs> that's my rant about the NBA awards. I was really hoping to talk about Cam, or talk to Cam about this. I'll, my interview with Cam will be uh, about... It'll be pretty long. We'll probably fit a lot of stuff in with a lot of just short, quick answers. Um, like I said, that's coming uh, July 16th, I think is that Monday. Whatever that, that Monday is, July 16th. Um, there will be no live show because I'll be on vacation with my family, but I will be recording a show and putting it uh, up on SoundCloud and Spotify. Or not, SoundCloud and YouTube 
as scheduled. So don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, and I'll I'll get his thoughts on this because he apparently he had some stuff to say, and I I didn't want him to tell me beforehand because I wanted to you know we'll have a little give and take on the show. That's fine. It's it's okay. Um, moving on. So next we we're gonna talk about uh, Magic Johnson in L.A. because Magic Johnson. This was interesting. So the second part of the story is more interesting than the first, but. Uh, so the first part of this is, was Magic Johnson, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, said that he uh, <laughs> he said that he was very confident and that he was sure that they were going to get a free agent in in L.A. for the Lakers. He was he was very positive, and he still is positive, but now he's kind of putting himself on blast. So Magic Johnson. After saying how confident he was and after and how sure he was um, that the uh, that the Lakers would land a big free agent, <laughs> Magic Johnson came out and said that he will step down, he will quit his position in the Lakers front office if they don't land a big free agent name. <laughs> this is just dude. This, this dude is. Uh, like I get it because you know, like I said this, I think it was my last show. They they're they're set up to get three major stars, and there's a chance that they can go over three. There's a really big chance that Kawhi doesn't get traded there, that PG go that PG thirteen goes for the money in Oklahoma City, and LeBron picks Houston or Boston or or Philly. There's a big chance that happens. But there's also, I'd say, that there's also a big chance that either one or two of them go to LA, and I I think it's more more than more likely than not that they will land someone in LA. But apparently, <laughs> apparently he is he's either that confident in himself that they will land something, and he's just saying, oh yeah, I mean, if we don't, I'll quit. You know, he's that confident, or maybe they already have something in place. Um, maybe they're all saving it for a big announcement like LeBron did with the decision going to Miami. But Or or the other side of this could be that he he's looking at this and saying, okay, if I can't make the team better this offseason with this free agency class, then maybe I'm not right for this job. Which, that's, that's pretty big of magic, and I wouldn't put it past him. Ooh, excuse me, the, the dude is... Very smart, very basketball savvy, so he knows what he's doing. So it's interesting because I, I really do think that maybe he's looking at this like, okay, you know, if I can't if I can't sign these big free agents when it's almost a guarantee that I should get one of them and I don't get any of them, maybe maybe I'm not cut out for this and it's it's best for the Lakers to move on for me. Um so I it's interesting. I don't know if he should have I don't know if he should have said it, but uh, oh, here we go. I finally found. I don't know if he should have said it, but it it definitely makes it interesting. Um, <laughs> he says, "If you're judging us on one summer, that's ridiculous." He added that the Lakers owner Jeannie Buss won't have to fire me because he would resign if the team continues to miss the postseason. So yeah, I really think. 
Yeah, that just confirms what I've been saying. This dude, he really thinks that um, he really thinks that if if he can't do it this year, if he can't get to Lakers to the postseason this year, then he's just not right for the job, and they, they won't have to fire him. He'll step down, and that, that's big of magic. I think that's really cool, um, and he knows what he's doing. He's he's a smart dude, so for him to come out and say that, and you know that. That's almost interesting. I don't know what kind of approach that is for free agents. Um, wouldn't have made it if I was – what the trade? I'm not sure. It, it's an interesting article on Bleacher Report. Go ahead and take take a look at that. Um, oh, it says next two years. Okay. Uh, that's what I was thinking too because next year – the free agent market next season is very big. I talked about this on Monday. They got like Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving – um, uh, Jimmy Butler, a number of big names, potentially LeBron and Kevin Durant too. A lot of big names coming out next year. So I, I was almost wondering, you know, wait till next year, but that makes it. He, he says Magic Johnson will step down if the Lakers don't sign a top free agent in the next two years. So even if I think if they don't get anyone this year, though, they're not getting anyone next year. I think they need to get someone this year. And if they only get one this year, then they can sign someone next year too. But I talked about I talked about all that on Monday. Go ahead and listen to that podcast. That's number seven. Um, go ahead and listen to that first half about the NBA. Um, yeah, on to the World Cup. So, <laughs> also on Monday's podcast, I talked about I talked about Argentina and how Messi's legacy was destroyed by this World Cup. <laughs> And then yesterday, Argentina has to go and win and get into the World Cup. <laughs> um, I And it's hard for, I don't know. Obviously, I'm happy. I'm very happy for Messi. I'm just mad because <laughs> I went and said that they were done. And I, I think I did clarify that they probably still could in or could get in. I didn't think it was going to happen, but they, they snuck in. Argentina snuck in there and... Uh, yeah, I'm happy because here's the thing. Now, I, I talked about on Monday how this World Cup, Messi should have stepped up like Ronaldo did and carried his team. He's got the talent to and he's expected to. He really should have. Ronaldo did it, so why couldn't Messi? Talked about that was my one last thing on Monday. But now the script is flipped a little because now Ronaldo did so much and now Ronaldo has so much expectations going into these first rounds or, you know, the first rounds of the actual tournament, the round of 16, I think it is. Um, and Messi, I think they both have expectations now, but it's different expectations. Ronaldo's already been scoring, so he has an expectation to keep that consistent and score a goal every game. Messi has an expectation to step up now. And that's all... all it's worse it, it really is. It's it's Messi's in a worse situation because now he did not perform well in the first round in these in these group uh, games to get into the actual tournament. So now he actually he has to go out there and prove himself, and he can. He absolutely can. He's got the talent to do it. But his pressure that pressure is worse than the pressure to keep scoring, because if you if if Ronaldo just goes and you know. One game, they if they win, but he doesn't score, that's okay. It's like, oh, oh no, he didn't score. But then the next game, he's probably going to score again. 
Messi almost needs to score, especially in their first round matchup. I don't remember who they're playing, but um, he needs to go in. He, he needs to go in, and he's got this expectation because he wasn't performing to now step up. Now that they squeaked in, this is his time to step up and rise up. And it really is. Now he's able to, instead of this World, this World Cup being so devastating to his legacy, he can now fix it. He can now build up from it because instead of them being out of it and he just didn't do anything all, all three games, now he has a chance to... Make a couple great moments, make a lot, make a couple goals, and kind of tell everyone, "Hey, I had a couple bad games, but we got in, and now I'm here to prove myself." I really hope that's the case for Messi. Um, I, yeah, I really do. I, I picked <laughs> on Hawk Talk. We did a bracket, and I picked Argentina to come out of the D, uh, out of Group D. And I, uh, I picked Argentina to win. And you know what? I'm going to stick with that because I really do believe – I believe that Messi's going to step up now. I think he realizes um, that he almost missed his chance. And I think he, he's going to be going out and playing every match like it's his last, like he needs to win these. I think they're going to step up. So I would put a lot of money on Argentina. Probably not, actually. I wouldn't put money on it. But I – I'm gonna stick with my pick. I think they're, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna start making some noise. Um, we're gonna go back to the NBA real quick. So also at the, um, also at the awards they do top plays of the year, which is an interesting. It's an interesting thing they do. So it's like they do top, top dunks, top of hey. Yeah, yeah, I'm on. No, no problem. We they do top dunks, they do top assist, and just uh, like clutch shots and that kind of stuff. Um, so that that's an interesting thing, but it's it happens. It's cool because so the clutch shot was the clutch shot was LeBron James um, against. Oh, it was against uh, the Timberwolves. It was against Minnesota in overtime, the, the game winner. Um, the dunk of the year was Giannis against the Knicks when he jumped over the dude. Block of the year was Anthony Davis. The assist of the year was LeBron, the one um, in L.A. where he just basically it was just a little flick of the wrist. Handle of the year was Kyrie Irving. I don't know what player what play that was. Oh, excuse me. So then they do all these winners – they take all the winners of these small categories, clutch shot, dunk, assist, block, and handler, and they do this all at the same time. And then and then they take all of those winners and they say, okay, which one of these is the best play of the year out of all the winners? And the winner of that was LeBron James's clutch shot. Um, but I just like to point out that um, Giannis, he won dunk of the year. He was um, – in block of the year, and he was an assist of the year. Dudes, he, he's getting up there. He's he's getting his name in there. I think it's it's very good to see that he he's he's throwing his name in the hat, and he's he's getting his name out there. He's he's coming up with these big plays that are being recognized. They're starting to be he's starting to be recognized as one of the star players in the NBA, um, and that's great because he deserves it. 
Giannis is a fantastic player, and he's he keeps getting better every year. So it just that's what makes me excited for these Bucks seasons every year is that how how has Giannis bettered himself as an NBA player? How has he changed? And now this whole team has a new dynamic. We got the new stadium, the new coach. I talk about this almost every show. It's it it's going to be an interesting dynamic for the Bucks this year. But just Giannis specifically, he's stepping up and he's starting to get recognized. As it, like I said, he came in. I think it was like sixth or something for the MVP race. He's getting recognition, and uh, yeah, it's it's just very it's very good to see Giannis starting to get that recognition for MVP. Um, I have a lot of time left, but my one last thing I can talk about for a very long time. So let's talk about one last thing for today. Uh, so my one last thing, Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP of the NFL season or 2018. Um, the betting odds came out that the MVP race is, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and Tom Brady. Those are the best odds to win. Now I disagree with Tom Brady. (laughs) Um, he, he won't. He won't be that good this year. He really won't. Um, and just because, so th- this goes into the argument too with you know people. Aaron's the only quarterback ranked number not or ranked not ranked, rated ninety nine on Madden, and everyone got up in arms with it because Derek went or jeez, because Tom Brady was a better quarterback and Aaron was hurt. Blah blah blah. I think everyone just got upset because Brady's pe- people consider Brady the best quarterback of all time. But the argument to that is the ratings are not over time. It's last season and what your current, you know, attributes are as a quarterback. Aaron is younger and he's he's just a better he's he's a better talent at quarterback. He's just he's a better thrower of the ball. He's more agile. He he runs better. And he makes those difficult deep throws. He doesn't just dump down like Brady did this last year. He doesn't just dump down these those medium throws. Aaron's got the deep ball too. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not like they do accomplishments for Madden. Like just because he has five trophies doesn't mean he's getting a ninety nine overall. Doesn't deserve it. And now I think Brady he's already he's already come out and say he's going to retire soon because he wants to focus on his family. Um, and so now now it's in his mind that he's going to be done soon. So now every time he has a bad game or the Patriots have a bad game, that's going to creep up into his mind even more. And it's that retirement thing is just going to sit. He's going to be – he's not going to want to take a lot of hits, so he's going to throw a lot. Like he's going to be a lot more cautious in the pocket, uh, which could be good, could be bad for the Patriots because, you know, he could throw – a pass that he thinks is open a two receiver, but it's not. And then it gets picked off because, you know, because he doesn't want to get sacked. I don't think Brady's going to be that good this year. Um, but it'll be, it, it, the MVP race will come down to if they both stay healthy because they both got hurt last year's in, but if they both stay healthy, the MVP race will come down to uh, Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to squeak that out because 
you know, we saw the argument's going to be made. We saw the Eagles win without Carson Wentz. So unless like the Eagles go undefeated or something, uh, which honestly could happen, they're that good of a team. But I think Aaron's Aaron's more valuable to this Green Bay team because obviously you took off, you take Carson Wentz off that Eagles team last year, and they still won. Granted, Nick Foles is a good dude. He's a good quarterback. He deserves his own. But but that that's a lot of the coaching that attributes to the defense. Green Bay doesn't have that good of a of a defense, especially to hold them for Nick Foles. And or you know like they did. So I think obviously we saw we saw last year Green Bay and Philadelphia losing their starting quarterbacks, and it affected both teams differently because. Philadelphia, it was later in the season, but they lost their starting quarterback, their franchise dude, so they had to put in Nick Foles for the playoffs, and they still succeeded. The Packers, earlier in the season, lost Aaron Rodgers, and we had to put Brett Hundley in, who we thought was going to be Aaron's predecessor at QB. A lot of people kind of had hope for that. But we saw, and I think this is the coaching too, this is something we can get into, but Brett Hundley did not nearly get to the expectations that we that we had for him and it's it was a lot of the coaching because they they it, it seems like they didn't change the playbook at all it seemed like they were still calling plays for Aaron when Humley was quarterback um but but we saw the effects that both quarterback injuries had on these teams we saw Philadelphia lose Carson Wentz and go win a Super Bowl and we see the Green Bay Packers lose Aaron Rodgers and miss the playoffs so I think that just in itself wins Aaron the MVP next year. If they both stay healthy and they both, they're both going to put up amazing numbers, it'll be a close race. But I think that's exactly what it comes down to is looking back at this last season and seeing the effects that uh, losing each quarterback had on the team. And that's what the MVP award should be about. I've been talking about this all morning on, you know, on this, about the MV, on the NBA MVP. And I, I, Normally, the NFL is pretty good about that. They're pretty good about picking who is actually more valuable. You know, they can't get hurt. They have to be, you know, they have to play most games. They have to be the most valuable player to a certain team. I re- so I really think Carson Wentz and Aaron Rodgers will have similar years. Aaron's going to put up more rushing or more passing yards but the Eagles will probably win more games just because the Eagles are a better team. Aaron's a better quarterback. But I think they're I, – I really do believe that um, Aaron is going to I, – I, he's going to be MVP. I, I think it just comes down to all of that. He's a better quarterback, and the team is worse without him. It, it's as simple as that. Um, yeah, that was my one last thing. Uh, I am going to end the show a little early today. Um, that's fine. So thank you everyone for listening. My show is live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to one on WSUW 91.7 The Edge. Um, and also available via podcast on SoundCloud and YouTube. Just search first round KO, subscribe, shoot me a comment. Let me know you're listening. Um, just remember, hold on, sorry. Remember that you remember that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So go shoot your shot. 
I will see you all on mind, think outside the Friday. box. Sitting on the dock, and I'm a real adent. Beggar, begging, please don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kind of tired. Word to Michelin at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended. Med-